Hi, everybody. It's Charlie Grimes, and welcome to the Christ-Centered Athlete Podcast. On today's episode, I want you to consider the process over the performance. You see, any type of development that we go through, whether it be growing as an athlete, growing as a student, growing as uh, as a Christian, it all happens in a process. And so I want to share with you a great little story from the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus actually implements a process to bring about healing in a blind man's life. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening today. I want to start with a kind of a, a humorous story uh, from sports uh, history, uh, recent history. There was a great basketball player uh, by the name of Allen Iverson, and he has a real classic uh, press conference interview where um, I, I would, I think a reporter asked him uh, about how his practices were going. Uh, I think it probably came after a loss and, and uh, you know, this, this reporter simply mentioned, you know, what are you doing in practice uh, to, to get better each day? And uh, the, the famous line, Iverson simply says, practice? You want to talk about practice? And uh, if you know that interview, uh, you know where I'm going with this, is that uh, Iverson was really trying to make a point that he was only worried about the games and he was worried about performance. Because at the professional level, that's really all that matters, right? Uh, it's your occupation uh, and you are a paid professional. You should win. Uh, but I think what Iverson may have missed is that he was being asked a very poignant question about his preparation and so today, uh, and if you're not familiar with that interview, it would be really funny uh, and, and maybe entertaining for you to look that up on YouTube, uh, Alan Iverson's practice comments. Um, but I want to start with that funny story because even at the professional level, process is so important to a person's development and to their performance. So who we are on some great occasion is really just the sum of our preparation. Um, Another cliche or another common uh, coaching point that I've used is that it is understood that for you to become the master of something, uh, mastery can take up to 10,000 hours of doing a particular skill or activity. So I want you to think about that. That is a long time. 10,000 hours uh, is a lot of time and a lot of preparation. And so with any uh, sporting activity that you might be part of, there's obviously practice. And practice can be kind of boring and it can be hard. Uh, and there's no glory. There's nobody watching, of course. Um, but it is a process. And it's a process that God wants us to go through each day to make ourselves just that little bit better every day. Well, today... I want to share with you just, again, a very brief story from the life of Jesus out of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, it's Mark chapter 8, and if you have a Bible, it would be great for you to have this in front of you, and you can just read it with me. But I'll read the story. It's Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 22. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida. And so in verse 22, it reads like this. They came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. 
He took the man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? And he he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, Do not go back into the village and tell anyone. So this is a quick little story, but I think there's quite a process here uh, that you and I can study. First off, in verse 22, take a look there. They came to Bethsaida, meaning they, as in Jesus and his disciples, and some people brought this blind man before Jesus, and they begged Jesus to heal him, to touch him. So first and foremost, this blind man, put yourself in his position. He's blind, he can't see. And so his friends say, hey, the prophet, Jesus, uh, it's rumored that he's the Messiah. He's coming to our town. So come on. And they grab him by the hands, I'm sure, or they lead him in some way to Jesus. But you know what? In verse 23, you read that Jesus then takes this blind man by his hand and he leads him outside of the village. He kind of gets him away from everybody else, doesn't he? He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Hmm. Put yourself in the blind man's position again. See, Jesus, this great, wonderful uh, son of God, took him by the hand and leads him outside the village, away from everybody. And then he does something very peculiar. Can you imagine... He spit on the man's eyes. He, he spit on the man's eyes. Did you catch that? What a humiliating thing. What would you be thinking if you were blind and someone led you outside of your village and spit on your eyes? And then he places his hands on him and he says, Do you see anything? And take a look there in verse 24. He looks up and he says, I I see people, but they look like trees walking around. So I'm guessing some folks had followed them outside the village, right, to see what was going to happen. And once more, Jesus puts his hands on the man's eyes. And then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. It appears in this story like there's a partial healing here somehow. And I often think about this when I've read it before as to what happened, what would happen if Jesus hadn't have touched him the second time? Meaning perhaps he'd just walk around with partial sight, right? Looking and thinking that people were looking like trees walking around. But Jesus did touch him again. The man did allow Jesus to touch him again. And then he was completely restored. And you know, I don't really understand why Jesus uh, did what he did when he was on earth and, and he walked among us. But this story is a great example for me to ask you this question. Are you willing to trust the process that God has for you? Because it may be very peculiar and even somewhat humiliating. 
Will you pay the price of patience to trust the process of God's work in your life? Some people are not willing to wait on Jesus. We're not very patient people, are we? So think about these questions. Are you willing to be led? Put yourself in this blind man's position again. He was led by other people to the foot of Jesus. And you know, I don't know where you're at in your faith, and there may be some folks in your life, maybe a coach or your teammates or even your parents, a pastor, and they are urging you and they are, in essence, leading you to become more like Jesus and to grow in your faith. Are you willing to let them lead you to the right place to meet Jesus? And then secondly, are you willing to be taken by the hand by the Lord Jesus himself to perhaps be taken away from what's comfortable, from what's familiar? And he's going to lead you away, perhaps, to a place where then he is going to do something very humiliating, perhaps, and very peculiar in our lives. I'm a pretty proud guy, and I would have a very hard time if someone spit on my, on my face. But I would have to trust that if Jesus was the one that was going to spit on my face, that something good was going to come from it. See, it takes humility and it takes trust to allow Jesus to work in your life. And you know, and there's another part of the story that catches me. Um, there was a part where the man was only partially healed. He was only partially whole. Are we willing to go through that partial healing, that partial part, to be in a state of uncomfortability? I'm sure that as the man started to be, be able to see, it was scary. And he saw people, but they looked like trees walking around. That, that's, that could be quite scary. But am I willing to be incomplete for a time in order to trust the process and, and let it play out and to let God's work complete itself in me? This is a really hard thing. But there are lots of examples I used to use that illustration with my team. Uh, as I was coaching, I would say, listen, our goals have a price tag. Just like you go into a store and you see this great pair of pants or a great pair of shoes or whatever it is that you want, it has a price tag. And in order to lawfully uh, get that item, you need to pay the price. And so I think God challenges us. He leads us and he works his process into our lives. And at the end of this story, Jesus gives this man a command that, that is quite odd also. He says, don't go and tell anyone about this. See, this is just between you and me. And I think that's a very powerful command. And I would just simply ask you, are you willing to trust the process and that it is just between you and God? I think in many ways we train ourselves through our sport, and that's a great life lesson for training in a spiritual sense and in our, in our other areas of our life. And that's why I believe athletics is such a wonderful tool in our lives to grow us and to teach us about life. But it happens in a process. It happens in steps. There's nothing 
that is given away much in this world. It is all it is all earned. And just as your success as an athlete will be earned, our depth of relationship with Jesus is something that's actually earned through trusting him and spending time with him and taking the chance to be led by by his hand and maybe even spit on by him himself. But I want you to trust that process. Whatever you're going through, I want you to see and feel that you might be incomplete right now. But you need to trust the process because God certainly has a plan. There's a wonderful saying that says, He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. And again, athlete, coach, wherever you're at, trust the process. Because the process is so important. In fact, what I've tried to do with my life, and I'll, I'll end with this, is that I would love for you to fall in love with the process of walking with Jesus every day. You need to fall in love with the process. I hope this encourages you today. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. This uh, podcast has been a wonderful opportunity for me to dive into these little stories and and, uh, lessons from Jesus's life. And I just want to encourage you that you can grow in your faith right alongside uh, being an athlete and being a student and growing in your knowledge and experience of life. And I think it just takes time and a regular exposure to the scriptures and to prayer and to worship. And I would encourage you if you're not uh, attending a church to be involved in the local church as well. A body and community of believers around you that can lead you to those places where Jesus will work his process into your life. It's been my pleasure Uh, each of these episodes to study with you. And so I'd love to hear from you if you're encouraged by this work or if you have questions or comments. I'd love to even uh, bring those questions to an episode. So feel free to email me and reach out. I appreciate your feedback on uh, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast. And so until next time, stay close to Jesus.